From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike De Niro. We have such a stacked show for you today. Some will even say it is hashtag super stacked. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for riding with us on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm talking about fans from all over the world. I'm talking about Greece. I'm talking about the Netherlands, Nigeria, Mexico, Canada, the UK, Ireland, Taiwan, India, Germany, Australia, the United States. Of course, we have fans from all over, and without you, there is no us. So thank you so much for following along. Follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you download this podcast, give it a five-star review, give us a good rate, subscribe, review, all that good shit. We appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. Like I said, we got a super stacked show for you guys today. Lots of news to talk about. We had a pretty eventful Monday Night Raw last night. We're going to give you the rundown of what you're going to see tonight on NXT. And on top of all that, it's Tuesday, so you know what that means. We're going to hop into the DeLorean. We're going to strap our seatbelts in, and we're going to go back in time to 2002. We're going to be talking about two huge episodes of TNA The Asylum Years, Episode 7 and Episode 8. A lot of history-making shit took place on those nights. So without further ado, let's get into this super stack show right now. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Like I said, we have a lot of news so, like we start off every episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, let's get right into this news because there's a lot to talk about. One, last night on main event, not the main event, but on main events, the WWE's preliminary show, Karrion Cross, the current NXT champion, had a match. He defeated Shelton Benjamin in the main event of main event. That's a tongue twister. And... This is just showing more signs that Mr. Cross is going to be on the main roster very soon. I don't want to see his NXT title run get cut short, but, I mean, Karrion Cross has all the tools. Why wait? We've complained in the past about WWE holding guys down in developmental for way too long. Guys that, you know, their, their shelf life is not too much longer on in the wrestling world, but... Then again, NXT is its own brand now. So back in the day where people would complain that a Finn Balor or Samoa Joe was being held for too long down in developmental, nowadays, because of the track record of WWE ruining guys on the main roster, people actually want to see people stay in NXT. 
That's why there was such a buzz about Samoa Joe returning to NXT and not coming back to WWE's main roster. There's even a buzz right now about WWE possibly re-signing Aleister Black for the NXT brand. Because people want to see, the universe wants to see these wrestlers stay in NXT because we've seen on numerous occasions and now it's more than 10 people who come up to the main roster and they don't have what it takes for the main roster in the eyes of Vince McMahon. So we'll see if that means Carry Cross is coming up or maybe they're trying to give him the rub to bring more star power to that world NXT world title. We'll see. Speaking of the USA Network, well, I didn't say anything about the USA Network, but I did say Raw in the main roster, which is on the USA Network. The USA Network is upset because Fox got hell in a cell, and it's no lie that NBC Universal and the USA Network paid a lot of money to have Raw, even more money than what Fox paid for SmackDown. I believe it was $1.5 billion USA paid to have Raw's TV rights, while Fox paid a billion to have SmackDown. So, why the favoritism? Why is WWE trying to impress the Fox viewers and impress the Fox station when the USA Network deserves a little love too? We've seen Raw's ratings dwindle. We've seen lackluster storylines. We've seen BS storylines, let's like to call it, you know, a spade a spade. While SmackDown has been steadily great. And then they get a Hell in a Cell match on live TV on top of that for free? Didn't make USA too happy. WWE, what are you going to do? Are you going to see SmackDown's Hell in a Cell and raise it with a Raw Elimination Chamber? Or what's going on? I know that WWE is planning on doing some theme shows for Raw. Like an old school Raw and Legends Night and whatnot. But, you know, that's only going to pop a rating so much. What Raw really needs to do is to have the level of SmackDown's writing team and have a solid show with solid storylines because there is a lot of campy BS on Raw that you don't see on SmackDown. I personally think that that's what needs to be the change. It's not, oh, well, they get Hell in a Cell. What do we get? How about we get solid writing? How about that? Speaking of SmackDown, though, it is being rumored that SmackDown, the SmackDown brand is possibly gearing up to have two huge matches at SummerSlam. One being John Cena's making his return to go against the head of the table, the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. And now it is being rumored that Seth Rollins will be going one-on-one in a first-time-ever dream match against Edge. If that does happen, that will be a very interesting match. But once again, you're going to see a stacked dream match. Two dream matches coming from SmackDown. What do we see from the Raw side? I mean, I think it writes itself to do Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. I went on a tangent yesterday talking about Bobby versus Brock. I'm not going, I'm going to spare you guys all that again. But I definitely think that if you want to have a dream match on the Raw side... That's the only way you could go because what else is there? I don't 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 give me Goldberg again. Goldberg should be long gone. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley is the only way you could go in my opinion. But that's it for the news for WWE before we get into Monday Night Raw. There's some news surrounding the outside wrestling world. And that will start with 
the return of Pro Wrestling Gorilla. PWG returns August 1st. This is the first PWG show in about six months due to the pandemic. Or maybe, I think it's actually over a year. I stand corrected. And yeah, if you're unaware of what PWG is, think NXT without the storylines. Think of a super indie where you have all the top talent from many different companies conjugating in one match, one show. And that's Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. They are notorious. They have a stamp in the wrestling world. Um, I'm interested to see who will be involved in this show, being that a lot of the wrestlers are now signed to AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and the WWE. So I wonder who will be exactly available for the PWG roster. But PWG has always put on great matches with wrestlers that became relative unknowns and end up being big-name stars in the future. The first time I ever saw Walter... The first time I ever saw Bronson Reed. The first time I've ever seen Keith Lee. The first time I've ever seen guys like the Young Bucks. It was all PWG. Kevin Steen. The first ever Kevin Steen match I've ever seen was Kevin Steen and El Generico versus the Briscoe Brothers in PWG. That's why when I saw that matchup in Ring of Honor, it was already, you know... I already knew it was going to be a great match because of their matches in PWG. But speaking of Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor announced for the July 3rd ROH TV. ROH will be having their very first farm match between the two chicken farmers, Jay and Mark Briscoe. They'll be wrestling one-on-one in their chicken farm. So that should be interesting stuff. Ring of Honor thinking outside the box. They return to pay-per-view in July with Best in the World. And they will be having fans... July's a big month for wrestling. Fans will return for AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, MLW, and the WWE. So it's going to be really cool to see all these wrestling companies have fans back on their shows. So that is a great step forward after what seemed like a forever pandemic without a crowd. Gone will be the Thunderdome, even though it was fun to be a part of it a couple weeks ago. But gone will be the Thunderdome. Gone will be the silent arenas of MLW, Ring of Honor, and Impact. Gone will be the 20% capacity at Daly's Place. And we're about to get full capacity crowds going wild. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
so powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Wild for their favorite wrestlers on their favorite brands. And that is something that I missed more than anything. And I am so excited to not only see that, but also be a part of those crowds. Because you best believe when I can, your boy's going to be in attendance. Now, let's talk about last night's Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw live from the Thunderdome. Which, by the way, once again, can't wait to move out of the Thunderdome. It's like the Rock's concert. The best part of the Thunderdome is when we get to leave the Thunderdome. Anyway, so if you guys get the reference, get the reference. If not, then I just made a fool of myself. We are... On the road to Money in the Bank. And when I said who's next for Bobby Lashley. It was announced that we are going to be getting Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. In the main event of Money in the Bank for the WWE Champion. That should be a very, very good matchup. If you remember a couple years ago. Kofi Kingston had the Cinderella story. He, in my opinion, was robbed out of that champion. When he wrestled Brock Lesnar on the debut on Fox for SmackDown. But he has a chance here to go against Bobby Lashley. I love Kofi Kingston. But in my opinion, Bobby Lashley cannot lose his belt. Not yet. Because I do feel in my heart of hearts. We're getting Lashley versus Lesnar at SummerSlam. Next. We have qualifying matches for the Money in the Bank match. And on the Raw side, we had three really good matches. We had AJ Styles versus Ricochet with a surprising end. Ricochet defeating the phenomenal AJ Styles to qualify for Money in the Bank. We had Matt Riddle versus Drew McIntyre with an even more surprising finish with Matt Riddle defeating Drew McIntyre and earning his spot in Money in the Bank, which, by the way, that was a phenomenal match, a really good matchup. I enjoyed it a lot. And then we got Randy Orton versus... John Morrison, and yet another surprising finish because John Morrison defeated Randy Orton. So, this is going to be fun to watch. There's been, there was a lot of shockers last night. There was a lot of dumb shit, too. Why is Nikki Cross dressed up as a superhero? Why do we see the Viking Raiders just eating turkey legs backstage? This is this type of shit where it's like you got the good and you got the bad, right? So the good shit on Raw is trying to outweigh the bad shit on Raw. But it hardly could when you got hokey stuff like a damn superhero running around trying to be Hurricane 2021. Next. We are we announced that it's going to be Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley again at Money in the Bank. A match that I could, you know, do it out. We could move on now. There's other women in the division. Hope everyone knew that. I don't think everyone knew that. 
I know that we're probably gearing up for the return of Becky Lynch, who was seen backstage and was seen at the Performance Center this past week. Maybe we get Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley. But I pray to God that we do not get Becky Lynch versus Charlotte, because even though Becky Lynch been away for a year, the last thing I need to see is yet another Becky Lynch versus Charlotte match. Anyway, Raw was decent. Really good matches for the Money in the Bank qualifier match. Really good um, main event. But like I said, there's a lot of bad shit here too. I give Raw, personally, I give Raw a 2 out of 5. Great wrestling, but a lot of a lot of shit that you got to sit through between those matches. But when we come back, we will be strapping in our car seat in the Wrestling DeLorean and going back in time to 2002, Tuesday only means one thing. We are going to be talking about TNA The Asylum Years, Episode 7 and Episode 8, which had a lot of historic stuff on it. So we'll be right back with that. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Asylum Years, where we talk about NWA TNA from its inception, which, by the way, literally just made 19 years ago this past Saturday. Happy birthday to TNA Wrestling, to Impact Wrestling. We celebrate its history here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. On this episode, we have two incredibly stacked shows for NWA TNA. Let's get into it right now, because there is a lot to talk about. We're going to start out today's show with NWA TNA episode 7 from August 1st, 2002. This got to be, let me just come right off the bat and say this has to be my favorite episode of TNA yet. There was two classic matches on this show with incredible action. There was some insane, and when I say insane, I mean batshit crazy insane storylines that went on on this show. And... Usually, on this podcast, we talk about one episode a week. This show was so good that I actually wanted to watch another episode right after it, and we're going to talk about that episode two. That was a history-making episode as well, so we have quite the show for you today here on The Asylum Years, where we talk about NWA TNA. Once again, happy 19th birthday, Impact Wrestling. Gosh, man, the, the years just flew by. I remember this shit like it was just yesterday. But we're going to save all that mushy, mushy bullshit. We're going to talk about what was an insane episode of NWA TNA. Let's get to it. Start off the night right off the bat. No introductions. Right off the bat, we're going right into uh, X Division title match between Elix Skipper and AJ Styles, who is accompanied by Jerry Lynn, who's on commentary for this match. This match was absolutely insane. A lot of crazy spots. A lot of innovative action. AJ Styles and Elix Skipper mesh really well. This is not the first time that they faced off. They actually had some interactions in WCW when it was Air Raid versus Team Canada. Yo, when I tell you it was this match, go out of your way to go see this X Division title match. And this is not even the only match you got to go out of your way to see. I would go out of your way to see this whole episode. The August 1st, 2002 episode of TNA, NWA TNA was insane. 
seen. But yeah, AJ Styles wins this matchup. Great action, like I said. I really enjoyed this matchup. And here starts one of the longest running segments in TNA history, probably. But right after this matchup, Ricky Steamboat comes out. He calls for a meeting to get the NWA title back off Malice, and he got it back on Ken Shamrock. As per Scott Hall's request, he's lifting Jeff Jarrett's suspension so they could get it on tonight in the main event. Elix Skipper's still in the ring from his match with AJ Styles, and out comes Monty Brown, who brawls with Elix Skipper, hits him with a big alpha bomb, and leaves him laying in the middle of the ring. Jeff Jarrett then comes out. He has a body bag on his shoulder. He's coming out. He drops the body bag in the ring. Elix Skipper's still in the ring, laid out. There's somebody in the body bag. Jeff Jarrett says that tonight he will make a point. He said that he took out uh, Bill Barons and he's going to take out Ricky Steamboat just like he took out Bill Barons. He wants his title shot now. He opens up the body bag to reveal that dwarf wrestler Todd Stone is in the body bag. He said tonight he's going to quote-unquote cripple a midget since they said that he has to start from the bottom and earn his way to a title shot. This leads to Puppet the Psycho Dwarf coming out. Puppet the Psycho Dwarf saying, you stole my gimmick because I'm the midget killer. This is insane shit right now. Jeff Jarrett gets in Puppet's face. Puppet says, oh, you think you're so tough? Let's see how tough you are now. Goes into his waist, goes into his belt, and pulls out a fucking gun. He pulled out a pistol in the middle of a wrestling ring. Security comes out. They're all standing down because he's waving the pistol around. This is batshit insane. Yo, TNA, you was wilding the fuck out at this time. You pulled out a freaking gun in the middle of the ring. And while he's waving around, Jeff Jarrett comes from behind Puppet and nails Puppet with a huge chair shot. Takes him out. Ricky Steamboat comes out. He sends security to get everybody out the ring. This, this is just amazing. This is just amazing. Insane stuff. Steamboat says that he wants to put an end to all this tonight. Jeff Jarrett, he says that he wants Steamboat in the ring right now. He says, I challenge you to a match. He says, if Steamboat wins the match, he will take his suspension, his 60-day suspension like a man. He said, but if Steamboat loses, he gets his title shot at the NWA Championship. Steamboat gets into the ring, and from behind, Scott Hall attacks Jeff Jarrett. He pulls out a stretcher, and tonight we have a stretcher match between Scott Hall and Jeff Jarrett. This was all one segment. We went from the AJ Styles-Elix Skipper match to Elix Skipper getting attacked by Monty Brown to Jeff Jarrett coming out with a dwarf to Puppet coming out with a freaking gun to Ricky Steamboat versus Jeff Jarrett to Scott Hall coming out and making the save, and we got a, a stretcher match tonight. This was... The greatest segment in TNA history. <laughs> it doesn't get talked about enough. This was just fun. And I love this whole Wild West bullshit. Like I say on the ECW podcast all the time, I love the Wild West stuff. I love the craziness of ECW that anything can happen. This is taking it up a notch. This is Vince Russo on steroids. This is insane. And the show just started. Sonny Siaki's out now. He's going against Slash. Alongside with Father James Mitchell, who has a... Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. It looks like a, I don't even know, this this statue with a dragon on it. And inside the statue, he said he has the blood of the Adad. I don't know what that means, but he has the blood of the Adad. He... After the matchup, which was a good matchup between Slash and Sonny Siaki, pretty solid matchup, they hold Sonny Siaki against the ropes, and Father James Mitchell takes the blood from the Adad, and he marks Sonny Siaki's head with it. Don Harris comes out, he takes them out, Malice runs down, and they head to the back. Yo, TNA, you're wilding the fuck out on this episode. Then Ron the Truth Killings comes out. He goes up to the African-American cage dancer and says that in the eyes of them in the back, quote-unquote them, you are a caged animal. You're just exposing yourself for their benefit. And then he calls her a $2 hoe. Truth then threatens her, but then Monty Brown attacks the truth. They brawl all over the ring. They brawl in the crowd. Ricky Steamboat comes out again. He calls out Ron the Truth Killings. He says he has his attention. Steamboat says you keep on saying them, and it's when you say them, you're either talking about authority or you're talking about white people, but have the balls to say it in my face. Truth comes out then. He says, you have my attention. Here's your open platform talk. So the truth gets on the mic and he says that Ricky Steamboat and him are a lot alike. He brings up that the WWF and Ricky Steamboat, well, he brings up WWF's run for Ricky Steamboat. And he says that in the WWF, Ricky Steamboat never made it past the IC champion. Everybody's still talking about the IC title match from WrestleMania 3. And still to this day, it's true. They are still talking about Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat being one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. He said, but what did that lead you to? Usually, the IC title will lead to bigger and better things. It's the stepping stone for the World Heavyweight Champion. But Ricky Steamboat never got that title because of them. He said that the IC title in the WWF is for second-class citizens. And he said that they did the same thing for him that they did to the Dragon, and that all changes now. Steamboat then gets on the mic, and he says, Truth, you're actually telling the truth. He said that he's giving Truth an opportunity, an opportunity that he didn't get. He says that it will be Ken Shamrock versus Ronda Truth Killings next week for the NWA Championship match. It is put-up-or-shut-up time. 
And there is no excuse next week because Ronda Truth Killings is getting his world heavyweight title shot. What he says he will never get because they are holding him back. They are no longer holding him back. He gets a title shot next week. Truth is very happy about this. He's like, that's all I ever wanted. That's all I wanted. He started rapping in the ring. He started dancing and then he started talking shit to the uh, fans. Really funny shit. By the way, once again, best episode of TNA. (laughs) Next, we got Malice with James Mitchell. They're out here again. They go against Apollo. Apollo wins this very fun big man match. It was a shock to see Apollo win this. Malice then attacks. We got the truth. Well, no, we got the new church attacking Malice after this. They go to choke same Apollo. Don Harris comes out. Slash comes attacks uh, Don Harris from the back. That means, you know, we got the typical new church jumping of Don Harris this time. Then they put the blood of the Adad on Don Harris. Don West is at ringside. Well, no, he's actually in the ring. He brings out Miss TNA, Taylor Vaughn. Bruce comes out from the Rainbow Express. He says that he's like the truth. He wants to be treated equally. Bruce wants to be Miss TNA. It's now Bruce versus Taylor Vaughn. Winner becomes Miss TNA and Bruce wins. This is a funny, skippable moment, but haha, you know, funny. There's a man who's Miss TNA. Anyway. Next, we get another amazing matchup. Jerry Lynn versus Loki in a number one contendership matchup. This matchup was absolutely insane. So much insane shit on this episode. Once again, greatest episode of TNA. Great, great, great matchup. Loki and Jerry Lynn tore the roof off the place. A lot of great uh, encounters here with amazing moves. A lot of crazy reversals into other big moves. Really, really good chemistry between these two. In the end, AJ Styles accidentally kicks Jerry Lynn when he was going for low-key. This led to a no contest because it was right in front of the referee's face. AJ Styles, after the match, gets a low-key's face. He's, you know, jaw jacket with Jerry Lynn. Low-key then attacks AJ Styles. Big pandemonium here. Three-way brawl between all three guys. It is announced that next week we will get a triple threat for the X Division champion. It will be low-key. It will be Jerry Lynn. It will be AJ Styles in the triple threat. The sirens are going off on the outside. That's not Scott Steiner, I swear. Shit's going down outside, but shit's also going down on this episode of TNA. Don Harris has an interview also backstage. They say that next week is going to be a first blood match with Don Harris and Malice. We next get uh, Jive talking with Disco Inferno. He says that he's looking for the sexiest dumb bitch to be Miss Jive talking. By the way, not my quote. That's his exact quote. He brings out Goldilocks. He says that Goldilocks is going to expose her breasts for the crowd tonight because he's seen a lot of A but not a lot of T. So tonight she's going to show her tits to the crowd. She says, you call me a dumb bitch. I ain't taking this shit from the jackass like you. They start dropping jaws. Disco apologizes. So she she agrees to sit down for the interview. He starts making fun of her music career. He says, shut up, you dumb bitch, and show your tits. This leads to Goldilocks. What's... uh, by the way, Goldilocks is fighting against this. She's saying the women know how we feel. We're not going to be held down anymore. And the crowd's booing. So the crowd is booing Goldilocks for having self-respect, which is freaking crazy. Anyway, Goldilocks then low blows uh, Disco Inferno. They get into a big thing. And then this big, uh, tall woman comes behind Goldilocks and chokes her out. Craziness. Craziness. This is all in one episode, by the way. Main event time, we got Scott Hall versus Jeff Jarrett. They brawl to the back. They're brawling all over the ring. While they're in the back, though, Jeff Jarrett pushes Jerry Lynn out the way as he and Scott Hall are brawling. 
the hardcore brawl is this is just insane. They're hitting each other with this like classic military style stretcher. They're hitting each other with the head. Crazy, crazy spots here. Just insane brawling, like I said. We were back in ringside. You know, they're brawling all over ringside, hitting each other with chairs and shit. This was just crazy for both Jerry and Scott Hall. At the end of this match, though, Ronda Truth Killings comes out. He attacks Scott Hall, which leads to Monty Brown attacking Ronda Truth Killings, which leads to Jerry Lynn coming out attacking Jeff Jarrett because Jarrett pushed Lynn backstage, which leads to AJ Styles attacking Jerry Lynn, which leads to Don Harris, who's in charge of security, trying to break up AJ and Lynn, which leads to Malice attacking Don Harris, which leads to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He takes everybody out. He pulls up the referee, trying to revive the referee because there was a ref bump here. And Jeff Jarrett hits the stroke on a steel chair onto Sky Hall to win the matchup. We go off air with Jeff Jarrett celebrating in the ring. What an episode of TNA. 4.5 out of 5, just a crazy batshit, insane shit. This is Car Crash TV at its finest. This is crazier than anything you will see on Stern or Springer. This is crazier than anything you would see in the Attitude Era. Just insane shit. I loved it, though. I I had one hell of a good time watching this stuff. This was a real crazy car crash roller coaster ride for TNA. And like I said, it was so good that it made me want to check out another episode. So, when we come back, we're going to be talking about next week's NWA TNA from August 8th, 2002. Stay tuned because this shit gets even crazier. So, we'll be right back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the biggest episode of TNA, the Asylum Years. We are going double for your trouble. You're getting more bang for your buck. Two episodes of NWA TNA on this episode. So let's get right into it without further ado. Let's talk about episode two on this show. The August 8th, 2002 episode. This is the eighth show in TNA's history. 
and we crown a new champion. A very historic night for NWA TNA and for wrestling history. Because on this show, history is made and we'll get right into that because it's not far. You have to wait. This show starts out hot. We got a real recap of last week's episode and right into it. Like last week, we go right into a wrestling matchup. We have a six-man tag match between the SAT, Jose and Joel Maximo. They're teaming up with Amazing Red. They go against the three-man team of the Flying Elvises. Really good matchup here. The story of this matchup, though, is Sonny Siaki is getting too big for his bridges, and his ego is not allowing him to tag into his partners, which leads Jimmy Yang and Jorge Estrada really pissed off. So they get off of the ring apron, and they go do commentary as they see a triple-team well, a 3-1 handicap match at this point as the SAT attack and beat up Sonny Siaki. But when things get a little too much for Sonny Siaki to handle, the Elvises come back and they help their partner, Sonny Siaki. The action in this match is absolutely insane. Some of these sequences and moves from the SAT were insane. Jimmy Yang and Jorge Estrada also are pulling out some crazy-ass moves, some crazy-ass dives and kicks. Sonny Siaki is really a he's he's a future world champion in my eyes at this time. He really looks the part, talks the part, and is great in the ring. This matchup was just really good. Like I said, some holy shit sequences here. The Elvises come back and they break up the pin, like I said, for Sonny Siaki. And in the end, when the Elvises have uh, the SAT down and out for the count, Sonny Siaki runs in, gets the pin for himself because his ego is just too big. And he wins the team for his... Well, he wins the match for his team, I should say. The Flying Elvises pick up the victory here. We next get a sit-down interview with Apollo and Mike Tanay. Apollo says that he lost all respect for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat because he was leapfrogged for the title shot last week. And he's going to confront Ricky Steamboat right now. He says, I'm the number one contender. And now the truth is getting a title just because he begged for it. I'm the number one contender. We go to the office and... Apollo goes to his office. Steamboat says that he doesn't have time to take demands from Apollo. And he said when he's ready, he'll talk to him. Jerry Lynn then is seen jumping AJ Styles backstage. We got a big brawl and a big security pull apart between Jerry Lynn and AJ Styles. Like I said tonight, one of the three main events, we will get AJ Styles versus Lynn versus Low Key for the X Division champion. Next, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, he comes to the ring. And he is going to be at... Ringside for the World Heavyweight title match, which is not going to be taking place the last match of this night. He says that that match takes place right now because there is not going to be a time limit draw. There's not going to be a, we can't show the end of this because we're running out of TV time. He said there needs to be a winner tonight. Ron The Truth Killings versus Ken Shamrock right now for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And that was a really good matchup. Truth and Shamrock actually had good chemistry with each other. But, in the end, after interferences from Don Harris and the church and Apollo, Steamboat gets order, he gets everybody out. In the end, Ronda Truth Killings hits the cutter onto Ken Shamrock, and we have a new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, the very first African American in NWA history to hold that prestigious title. Ron, the Truth Killings is your new champion of the NWA. History's made on this episode of TNA. Really big moment here. A moment that stands the test of time. I don't know if there ever was another NWA champion of the African-American descent. 
Ronda Truth Killings makes history here. Shouts to Ronda Truth Killings. Still going strong. R-Truth is still one of the biggest names in wrestling. Still one of the most comedic, funny guys in the WWE. And he doesn't look like he aged a bit from this year. He really is a true legend in his business. And people forget that he was the very first African-American NWA champion. He's not all fun and games, people. He is a legit wrestler. And gosh, this was a great moment to see. Steamboat then says that he wants Apollo to get his title shot. He's right. Apollo doesn't deserve it. He does deserve a title shot. Which leads Jeff Jarrett to come out and says that he waited patiently since the very first episode of TNA. He said he's been, this is reverse discrimination. You got uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat giving all the minorities a title shot. What about me? Is it because I'm white? He's trying to reverse what Truth did here. Steamboat said the bullshit stops here. He says, I'm done with the bullshit. Tonight it is Jeff Jarrett versus Apollo. Number one contendership match. And I'm the referee. There ain't going to be no bullshit tonight. I'm the referee. So we got another big matchup on this show. Well, Steamboat's going to be the referee for Jeff Jarrett versus Apollo. Number one contendership matchup. We next get another episode of Jive Talking. This time he has the Dubs on. The Dubs announced that they're going to start their own invitational, the Dub Cup. This was a long bullshit segment that led to a Dubs versus Ed Ferrara hardcore match that took literally like 15 minutes. This shit could have been skipped. This was the weakest thing on the show. And honestly, I I rather see Dwarfs wrestle. I'd rather see Bruce versus Miss TNA all day before I see the Dubs versus Ed Ferrara ever again. This shit was horrible. Please, no more of this bullshit. I really enjoyed last week's episode. I'm really enjoying this episode, so I'm going to let this slide. I'm not going to go off on it. But the Dubs versus Ed Ferrara, a real low, low point in the history of TNA. Please, no more. We next get a sit-down interview with Alpha Male Monty Brown and Mike Tanay. The truth is, well... Monty Brown is talking about the truth. He says he wants the truth, and he created his own opportunities. The truth begged for opportunities. Elix Skipper then attacks Monty Brown with paint. He throws yellow paint all over the Monty Brown's uh, attire. He says, you don't know where the hell me and truth came from, so watch your fucking mouth. Blah, 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 blah. So we're still going with Alpha Male, Monty Brown, and Elix Skipper in a feud. They're probably going to have a match very soon. We next get the first blood match between Malice and Don Harris. This was another brawl. They brawled all through the ring. All I mean, through the ring. They brawled all through ringside, all through the crowd. I, I can't talk right now. Allergies been killing me. And I still got pneumonia, people. I'm sorry if I can't talk. I still got pneumonia. I'm still doing these shows for you, though, because I love you guys. Thank you to all my followers. Anyway, Malice defeats Don Harris when Don Harris gets busted wide open in his first blood match. With the help of the new church, of course. AJ Styles is seen backstage. He's brawling with Low-Key. This is leading up to tonight's main event. We then get the number one contendership match. Apollo versus Jeff Jarrett. Ricky Steamboat is the referee. This is a really good match. Apollo's a bloody mess. This must have been hard way because they're not going to have a bunch of blood in this match right after a first blood match. Jeff Jarrett wins with the controversial win. Both men had their shoulders down, but at the count of three, Jeff Jarrett lifted his shoulder. Jeff Jarrett is now the number one contender, but so to speak, he thinks he's the number one contender, but he's really not. This is a real heel move here by Ricky Steamboat. He pulls the carpet from under Jeff Jarrett. He says that next week, Jeff Jarrett will get the truth, but he never said that he'll be getting the truth in the NWA title match. He said next week, Jeff Jarrett gets a title shot, but he never said it'll be for the world title. Next week, Truth and Jeff Jarrett, they team up to go against AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn for the World Tag Team titles. 
and Jarrett's livid. Even the crowd's booing because Jarrett's a heel, but still, this is bullshit. This is a real heel move from Ricky Steamboat, who's supposed to be the babyface authority figure here. But anyway, next we get the main event of the night, Jerry Lynn versus Loki versus AJ Styles for the X Division Champion, and what can I say about this? This was an absolute classic. Now, TNA has put out many Best of the Asylum Year compilations, AJ Style compilations, X Division compilations, and this match is on all of them. This is one of the greatest matches in TNA's early run, and it's only the eighth episode. This matchup was really good. People like to talk about AJ versus Joe versus Daniels as the three guys who made history in their uh, three-way matches in the X Division. But originally, it was AJ Styles, Jerry Lynn, and Low-Key. History was made on this show. This was a great match. Four-star classic, in my opinion. In the end, we have a new X Division champion. Low-Key defeats AJ Styles and Jerry Lynn. We had a spot at the end where Low-Key takes out Jerry Lynn. He's going for the pin. We got a two-count. And then while during the two-count, AJ Styles has the spiral tap. Onto Loki's back, but the pin never breaks, and we got a three count. Your new champion, Loki. AJ Styles is livid. Him and Jerry Lynn are still brawling. We get shown backstage. We got a brawl between Jeff Jarrett and R Truth, which is going to lead to both these teams with dissension teaming up for the tag team titles next week. Craziness in the asylum. Another really good episode of TNA. Not nowhere near as good as the last week's episode, but still a good episode just for the fact that history was made. Ron the Truth Killings is your new champion. Low Key is your new champion. And we got a big tag team title match next week. Wow. NWA TNA is getting more fun to watch every week. I hope you're having fun listening to me review these shows, and I hope you go out of your way to check these shows out on Impact Plus. I want to give a big shout out to Impact Plus. Because I watched the episodes for this on Impact Plus, the streaming app for Impact Wrestling. I also watch every Thursday's Making an Impact, their Impact uh, on Spike error on Impact Plus. So please support Impact Wrestling. Download Impact Plus. It is worth it. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of great wrestling on there. Fun shit like we just talked about right now. All your favorite wrestlers are, you know, on Impact Plus. So check it out. This was a great, great edition of Impact. NWA, TNA, this is a great addition of the Asylum Years. This is what makes me going back in time in the Wrestling DeLorean podcast so fun. But just like we go back in time, we also talk about the current shit. So when we come back, we're going to talk about tonight's NXT. We're going to run down the card because it should be a great episode of NXT. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's end the show right. Let's talk about what we're going to see tonight on NXT. We're going to have a stacked show with a lot of implications. Remember, tonight it's going to be the go-home show before next week's NXT Great American Bash. It was announced that the Diamond Mine will be opening the show tonight. We find out who the Diamond Mine is. Samoa Joe will be appearing live on the show tonight. We're going to be getting an excellent Cruiserweight Championship match between Kushida and Kyle O'Reilly. And Adam Cole will be in action against whoever Kyle O'Reilly decides will be his opponent. It was announced last week that Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match will take place next week on the Great American Bash. We'll have a match for Frankie Monet. 
The feud between Cameron Grimes and LA Knight continues. Ted DiBiase will be live there tonight. Also, we'll get Hit Row versus Everrise. So, we're on the road to Great American Bash next weekend. It looks like we're going to have a fun NXT show tonight. But I hope everyone has a great day. I hope everyone enjoys their Tuesday. Enjoy this summer Tuesday. Go outside. Get a little fresh air. I hope everyone stays positive, stays safe, stays strong. I hope everyone checks out NXT tonight. And I hope everyone tunes in tomorrow for the Wednesday edition of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. One love. Peace out, everybody. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.